Hi guys! Welcome. I'm Kenzie Burke. And I'm Sabelle Levy. And, and this, this is, is The Cusp, Cusp Podcast. On this episode with Kenzie and Sabelle, we are diving deep. Our friendship is sacred, our independence is too, but our eagerness to stay sharp and not fall stagnant in our ways is often what sets the tone of our parallel lives. Today's conversation is inspired by our listeners and guided by questions and topics from you that we felt called to jump into. So let's get into it. Hello guys and welcome back to our podcast. This episode is a long and awaited episode. We've had so much beautiful feedback so far on this podcast and we wanted to tailor this episode directly to you. So we put a question box up and we are going to be answering the questions that we feel really fit this episode and will lead for a really nice beautiful conversation. So without further ado, let's go. (laughs) We've started this podcast with An episode on myself, Kenzie, and an episode on Sabelle. I feel we should open this one with a little bit of merging the two lanes coming together, and then we'll jump into the other questions. How did you guys connect? Was it instant? And how would one go about manifesting this kind of friendship that you guys are introducing to us? Um, Just in general, tell us about your friendship. (laughs) (laughs) We connected three or four years ago, and... It was actually through work originally, and I get asked this question every time I do a Q&A on Instagram. How do you meet aligned people? How do you find your circle? And it's been a long unfolding process, and um, I think that the more you become aligned in your life and that you start doing things that feel aligned with your life path and your your soul and your work and all of that, that's when you start to meet people, and it can take years, and it, it you know, it just, it's constantly unfolding, but I reached out for headshots (laughs) three and a half years ago. And I was also going to rebrand a book and I had reached out to a bunch of different photographers and Sabelle responded to me and I was sending mood boards. I was trying to get her to just say like, yep, we can do this, go here. And she said, no, meet me for a coffee. I need to get to know you first. And I thought all the other photographers had responded too, but I thought that's so cool and special that she wants to get to know me first before just showing up and taking my photo. Mm -hmm. So we met, where was it? At Earth Cafe. Yeah, I had no idea what I was going on. Like a blind date. I was like, I'm going to be in a black hoodie. Yeah. (laughs) At the time, Savelle had no photos of herself on Instagram, on Google, nowhere. You couldn't find what she looked like. And she just gave me a time and a place. I learned a lot about you and you learned a little about me. I didn't share anything. Yeah. I'm very studious when it comes to people and I study energetics of people instantly. And Sabelle was not a super open book and I love me and not an open book because I love to try to get in there. So I was like, I don't know who this person is, but I'm going to get to know her. And um, I kept it professional for so long. For so You're long. Like, when are you going to share I'm a something? Prior and I'm an opener. That's like, if you ever want to turn me on, just tell me nothing. So <laughs> we ended up taking photos and I loved them. No one had ever photographed me in that way. I saw myself in a whole different light and it, it really boosted my confidence. I think that's why I was connected to you is I admired that you trusted me so much. I mean, you kind of put your whole 
myself into trusting how I saw you. And anytime I thought of something or wanted to do something, you were down and you took it. And then also, I mean, it doesn't happen frequently that a client has feedback after I've delivered the images, but I think you were the most taken aback at how I saw you. You felt seen through my work, but you really made an effort to share that with me and it felt really good. And, you know, you made me feel special. You made my work feel special. And I just like kind of didn't want to stop working with you. And then I finally kind of opened up. Started to open up. And yeah, we were working together a lot more. And thank you for that reflection, by the way. But I was, I was really taken back. And it's very rarely that I trust people and that I give people the reins. But what I noticed about your work instantly was that you reflect the subject and I had never been seen in that way, but I also felt really myself. And every time we work together, which is so frequent now, but every time I see a photo of myself, I see myself for where I'm at in my own life and my own evolution. And it's super special. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really (laughs) special. Anyway. So we, we started just shooting a lot more and then that kind of turned into like dinners and we just slowly started kind of opening up more and more to each other. Yeah. Um, you asked, I think one of the, I wanted to know about you. Yeah. I, I, I just, I saw you. I knew you had so much depth in there. You would always ask me questions and you did this thing where you just wouldn't reply. Like when I shared something, you wouldn't say something back. And I was able to just exist and say what I had to say and not have something reflect back at me. And that's the first time I had someone in my life who was ever able to even do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's so cool and special and it feels so nice where you could just have a space you can speak and you don't need to always expect something to be said back and you were so good at that and I was like wow this is fucking awesome (laughs) yeah and I felt comfortable around you I think that's the biggest thing too because I didn't feel the need to fill the space you know Mm -hmm. when you're having small talk with someone and you feel the need to constantly fill the space I think you and I just from the start had a deep connection Mm -hmm. and this all goes to say I mean from there the world shut down. Sabelle and I ended up being neighbors. We kind of quarantined together and it just got deeper and deeper. We kept working together. We found we were super, super compatible with work too Mm -hmm. and really would help each other excel. And that was also super special. So the friendship really unfolded, but I, I think that to kind of sum up like the manifesting this kind of relationship, um, for me personally, like I believe in, in soulmates or like souls that are supposed to come together. And I think everybody in our life, everyone we encounter is a soulmate on some level, whether they're in your life for five minutes or five years, everyone that kind of comes into your life, I think is supposed to, to teach you something. Mm -hmm. And some people are just more meant to, to learn and grow and do life together. And Sabelle and I have, like, we've, we've had, you know, times in the past four years where we weren't, we, just didn't really speak for a year mm-hmm. um, for our own growth reasons. And, and that, that was, was part our of our part. Yeah. journey. And and also who I became through that and who Sabella became through that and what we both learned about communication through that. And I know we're soulmates because we teach each other things. Our souls evolve together. And, and I don't think that's anything that you can sit down and say like, I want this to happen tomorrow. I want to find my Sabelle and Kenzie tomorrow. It's something that you have to just keep doing your life and keep yeah. staying aligned and um, just trust that 
that the people you encounter and the souls that come into your life are meant to be there. And yeah. some people have a ton of friends and some people like Sabelle and I have very close, very few friends and everyone's journey is so different on who's supposed to be there. Yeah. Also reframing what friendship means, I think is important to let it unfold. That let was it like, show you have, what it's going to be. Yeah. And, and like the next question we got was like, have you ever been through a friendship fallout and how do you reconnect? And just going kind of touching on that very briefly, it's like, let it be what it, what it has to be because you know, I think evolution and being able to be an evol evolved relationship is, is and, and just in your life is to constantly strive to do better. So like short answer, yes. Long answer would be mo something more along the lines, like what did we learn through that? Who did we become? What did we learn about communication? And how much more important was it for us to come back together because we knew we needed to be in each other's lives and put the she said, he said, I felt, you felt aside mm -hmm. and just was like, all right, this is how we're going to communicate. This is how we're going to move forward mm -hmm. and make adjustments. And you feel yourself falling into any kind of old patterns and you have to snap yourself back out of it from mm -hmm. what you learned the last time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, you know, how you can constantly evolve and also allowing the relationship you're in to unfold how it's supposed to. Yeah. And, and be what it's supposed to. Yeah. And we didn't even get into all that you know, nitty gritty kind of things. When we reconnected, we, we didn't get into it at all. There was we were like, like, what's was up? Like, what are yeah. you up to? We shared. And then I shared and we're like, well, hell, like this is realigned again. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And I think that comes with a lot of growth and also like what's most important to you. Yeah. Right. And it's more so like I made that decision. I made that decision to say, you know what? I'm going to put my own little feelings aside because this is more important to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next question is asking about our astrology and our human design. How does our human design and astrology allow us or give us authority for making decisions together? This is interesting. Okay, I'm going to touch on this very briefly because we are going to have my good friend who is the best astrologer in the world, who has taught me everything I know mm -hmm. on this podcast mm -hmm. as our next episode. But all I want to say is going back to that soul kind of connection. Quick yeah. Quick summary. Our astrology charts are so aligned and I knew it because we're so compatible together. And the more I've learned about astrology and it's not just like, what's your sun sign? But aligned, but not the same. No, aligned. Yeah, yeah. So like in who we are, yes. we our charts are different in what we should step into to fulfill our highest potential. We yes. are very aligned. Very right? much Does so. that make exactly. sense? Exactly. Okay. Yes. I don't, it's just, so, I don't even want to get into it because I want to leave it for, okay. for the astrology one. But like quick, 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 my Venus, which is what I love <laughs> in life and like how, what I'm attracted to and what makes me you know, um, feel the most alive is in Taurus. Sabelle is a Taurus, right? And so that's why when we work together, I don't even question what she does because she totally has that lens of what I love. Her Venus is in Aries. I'm in Aries. Mm -hmm. So like how I operate is very attractive to her. So there's, our charts are like that across the board, like everything that I would be attracted to, she fulfills. And I think that just goes back to like soul people that come into your life. Mm -hmm. um, they just have things to teach you. But I also... And also what I struggle with, certain things that I struggle with, which are 
technically, if I can overcome those struggles or those things that I find resistance with, I'll ultimately be in a space of my highest productivity is what you already embody. I don't know the houses, you know, all that better, but what I need to step into is what you embody. And there's certain things you know, that I need to step into that Sabelle embodies. So we learned this after we became friends, but you always had a feeling. I always have a feeling and I study Sabelle's chart sometimes because (laughs) I'm like that. So we'll go more into that in the next episode. But the one fun fact about Sabelle for human design that people should know, I think a lot of people know about human design now, Mm -hmm. but Sabelle is a reflector. Mm -hmm. And I just want to bring that up because that is why her work, every single person that she photographs, if you go look at her work, every photo is so different based on the client. And I really think that's her human design plays a really large yeah. role in that because she's able to simply reflect I have what no, she sees. Every human design has a shell that kind of graphs who they are. I don't actually have one. I don't really have a skin. Reflectors are very uh, chameleon-like in the sense that they kind of just adapt to their surroundings or that person. So yeah, I think my work reflects reflects that. that. Okay. Here's how we're going to do the next questions. Sabelle's going to give her answer and then I'll give my answer because they may be different. I like that. Okay. So how do we overcome failures in life? I love this one. This is a huge one that I've read a lot of books about and um, I actually want to get into one of them. One of the books that I love the most is called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth by Chris Hadfield. And, you know, this book is about an astronaut who is kind of expressing the worldview here on Earth and how they're prepping to be an astronaut and also how they need to encounter or deal with certain things when they're out there. And, you know, the question how to overcome failure in life is really interesting to me and like what strikes a chord first and foremost is that term failure we've both kind of actually x'd out of our vocabulary and ooh, i've really failed at some things if you want to say failure but i've never i've never used that but you've not used that word right i don't view it that way so you know the idea of overcoming something means that there's something greater in front of you that you need to step over or overcome right and how can we take ownership over any potential outcome or quote failure or situation in our lives that doesn't always go as planned? How can we take ownership over it? And I mean, essentially taking ownership over something means that it doesn't have power over you. So if something doesn't have power over you, it means that you're prepared for that outcome, right? So if I sit back and I'm ready to go about, you know, achieving a certain goal, And I can shoot down all my fears by reflecting through every possible outcome and not let my fears bring a reaction out of me and instead of come familiar with any possibility that's going to come from this like three months down the line, five years down the line, and I familiarize myself with it, then essentially I will just no longer become helpless to the thing. And when that thing falls apart or doesn't come out how I thought it was going to be, it's not something that's going to catch me off guard. And so it's not something that's going to get a reaction out of me. So if it's not getting a reaction out of me, it's not putting me in fight or flight mode. And if it's not putting me in fight or flight mode, I'm not acting out of emotion and I'm really relaxed and balanced in my logic. And I could just move forward according to the next step that it is introducing to me. And how can we shoot down fear? We could calmly assess and like be prepared for that future thing when it arrives. I think life is 
life is just that life is having something in mind having the courage to go about stepping into it making those dreams come true making that change happen like severing that tie creating that friendship inviting that into your world you know life is about constant constant change and being prepared for change is another part of growth it's it's being prepared for any and every possibility that can happen. If you're deciding to do something new, be someone new, then you also have to be prepared for well, look at failures it. Yeah, to come look out at of it, it this way. Like a baby doesn't just stand up and start walking perfectly. They stand up, they take a step, they fall, they get back up. Life ebbs and flows. That's just what life is. And to try to strive for this area of perfection where you're not going to quote unquote fail. I think the question how to overcome failures in life just screams judgment over yourself. Like you're judging certain things that you've done and certain experiences and categorizing them as a failure, which to me, I only, I use the word lessons. Mm -hmm. It's all learning. I learned a lesson. Wow, that was a big lesson. That was a tough lesson. You know, I I use those kind of things because if I if I held on to every quote unquote failure, right, mm-hmm. that I make or made, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be nowhere in my life because I've had more quote unquote failures than I have successes. I mean, I have just so many, but I only have the successes because of the failures. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I have them because I touched that fire and oh my gosh, it was hot. I did not like how I felt. I did not like that Mm -hmm. experience. I did not like that outcome. Mm -hmm. So I adjust from there Mm -hmm. because I don't want to experience that again because, and you know, sometimes you don't know, like you just don't know and you have to give yourself grace. Like we are all, I mean, not everyone, but I hope we are all doing the best we can at any given moment of every day. And sometimes we don't know who we are we, we can't know everything for no, certainty. No. So if you're showing up every day to the best of your ability and you have an outcome that feels like a failure, that is a lesson. You were doing the best you can. Give yourself grace, stand back up and don't do it again. Yeah. Or learn from it yeah. and adjust and show up differently. Yeah. But really anyone who's listening, just just think about how much self-judgment you hold towards yourself if you are viewing things that have happened to and for you as as failures and i think just getting that word out of your vocabulary is going to be amazing because i would not be who i am and sabelle would not be who she is and none of us would be who we were if we didn't have lessons and if we didn't grow through our through our hardships and i think that's just if you can accept that, you can do anything. That's so beautifully said. <laughs> I was walking on the beach yesterday and I heard a father tell his young boy who seemed to have just wrapped up beach volleyball and he told his son and it was so incredible to witness. He said, you can't always win, but you have to always try your best. Mm-hmm. And that's was such simple, perfect advice to give your kid. You can't and you won't always win. It's not going to happen, but you do have to always try your best. Yeah. And just let it go. (laughs) There's nothing to overcome besides yourself. Okay. So how to resist temptation and stay set in your boundaries or routines? This one, I feel you have to find your why and find what you're working for and Mm -hmm. towards and your reason to get up every day Mm -hmm. and what you're striving to be and become Mm -hmm. because resistance 
happens to everybody. We all feel resistance and we are all programmed, unfortunately, to be more comfortable with our familiar past and the things that don't make us feel as good. And, and it's kind of like a self-sabotage kind of thing, but it's easier to feel comfortable than it is to feel, to push yourself. But when you push yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and you get outside of your comfort zone or you do something that fuels you, nothing will make you feel better, but you just have to overcome yourself. So I think how to resist temptation to stay in your boundaries routine. For me, it's definitely finding and coming back to my why. What am I trying to do? Why am I doing this? What am I creating? Who am I trying to be? And then I show up as that person. You know, a day consists of what you're doing for work, maybe what you're eating, how you want to feel, and maybe some additional activities. Maybe you're going for exercise, a bike ride. Maybe you just want to go on a walk. Maybe you miss nature. You just want to sit on a bench, right? So let's think of all the things that are happening in a day. Ultimately in life, you do need to find your purpose and and your why and something that is giving each of those activities fuel. But maybe that day specifically, each of those activities have their own reason, right? So maybe that day work is about strictly making money. That's the reason. It's really simple. Maybe that day your movement or your, you know, your form of exercise is less about releasing stress and it's more about finding peace. So maybe that day you don't listen to music instead of your routine music that you do when you work out, right? So to break resistance, give each activity for that day a purpose. Yeah, and I think when things start to feel mundane, which for me, it's like every season, every three, four months, I start to feel a little fizzled out. You got to shake it up and Mm -hmm. change things up. Like if you're going to Pilates every single day, start going for a walk for an hour instead, change the time you eat breakfast, just do something that's a part of your routine and switch it up with a new why behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to start walking and this is why I'm going to start walking Mm -hmm. and just change it up. So it doesn't become so mundane. And I think we all need that. I I know I operate very seasonally. The second summer comes, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I Mm want to do this and listen to that and constantly evolve your routine and rituals to keep you know you growing maybe you have three kinds of routines you could tap into based on how you're feeling or what you need that week says the reflector (laughs) (laughs) you know that's why i have like six or seven books circulating or three or four podcasts circulating at one point in time because you're not going to wake up every single day and need to be receiving one kind of information no maybe one day it's going to be this one day it's going to be another so also allow kind of some flexibility in there and yeah shock the system bring something new to the table how do you have the bravery to make the leap knowing that others in the industry you are trying to break know significantly more i'm worried about being called out as incorrect misinformed and that stifles me from doing anything i have experience on this but i'm gonna let you go first What's your purpose for leaving a mark? You look at anyone who's successful or anyone who you look up to and they all have something unique about them. There's not one that kind of overlaps the other or is information regurgitated that we've heard over and over again, especially today. We are in such spaces that are so saturated. I think that you're trying to arrive at a place that you are not at yet. So you can make a leap and maybe that leap is starting the business or, or writing the book or whatever it is that you want the leap to be. But if you're worried that people know more, you're trying to embody 
I feel you're trying to embody a message and share information that you are not fully comfortable with yet. And I think it's better to just go back and feel okay with showing up for where you're at and leaping from the place you're currently at and speaking from either the lens, the experience, the knowledge that you're trying to share from where you're at. Maybe you want your client to be an A-list client, but no one can expect to just take the leap, jump out of the gates, and then all of a sudden you have an A-list celebrity as your first client. Mm -mm. It's not how it works. You work your way up. What you will attract will meet you where you are at. And so I think that everyone and anyone should always leap towards anything that calls to them, but be okay with the ladder that it takes to get to a certain place. That should make the leap less daunting because I feel so many people look at the very, very end goal of what they want. You know, like with Brulee, I know what I want it to be. But I also know that what I want it to be is going to take five to 10 years. And if I would have just not launched it or not done anything because I couldn't come out of the gates with the brand to be at the level that Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be at at the end, I would never do anything. Mm -hmm. So you have to launch it. You have to leap and you have to let life meet you where you're currently at. And if you can fully embody where you're currently at, then you don't have to be worried about people knowing more than you. And this really goes back to putting your blinders on, which I always speak about. Um, Stop looking at what other people are doing and what other people are saying and who might know more and just show up fully from where you're at and embody the journey, Mm -hmm. the journey of life. You'll leap, you'll start here, you'll get seasoned in it, you'll you'll feel really good, and then you'll leap again, you'll go up the ladder, and then someday someone will be asking the same question as they're looking at you trying to get to where you are. Can you share more about taking the first step out of a rut or feeling stuck? Do you feel stuck still? There's times. So yeah, I do. I mean, but it isn't it's not but for like a matter of days. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like a weekend yeah. or a moment. Yeah. My system has been the work that I've done in the past year and a half to create a really strong foundation for myself that I can that is my baseline. Mm -hmm. Having a strong baseline will help you get out of your rut a lot faster. So now my life is super systemized of who I want to be, where I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to create, and what I want my outcomes to be. From there, we can all get in a rut. We can all feel stuck. But then if you can go back to those goals or that direction you have and go back to the baseline of the things that you're creating in your life, you have to go back to them and you have to fight resistance and beat resistance. This is really simple, but like you have to want to feel good. And it's really easy if you're stuck in a pattern of just not feeling that great, right? Yeah. And people have a lot of, you know, sadness and darkness and depression, and it's a very normal thing. And for some reason, the human is conditioned to feel more comfortable in that space. And so I think you just have to have a strong foundation and a strong baseline of wanting to feel good and taking time and space to really create those foundational pillars in your life that you will always have to support you to go back to so that if you get in a rut, you can feel it be in it. Sometimes if I'm in a rut, I just let myself feel like crap Mm -hmm. for the weekend. And then you can move through it. If you try to not ever feel 
bad or get stuck in a rut. You can't judge yourself, you know, let yourself be present for how you feel, but go back to your baseline and make yourself want to feel good mm-hmm. and, and just show up and beat the resistance and stand yeah. and rise. Yeah. You'll write a list of all the ways that you are and what you're doing. And then you'll write a list of what you want in the next few months, how you want to feel, who you want to be, what you want to have accomplished. Right. And then make a few, not big ones, but like very subtle changes in who you are, maybe how you're acting, maybe how you wake up, maybe, you know, the mental lens or perspective you have on that day and kind of psych yourself into that next version of you. Yeah. And get inspired. Usually when I'm feeling stuck or in a rut and you know this about me, Sabelle, but I'll do, I'll start something new. Yeah. I will make the decision to like write a new book or start a new thing mm-hmm. or something that inspires me and gives me fuel to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. I think when we come back to taking that step out of being in a rut or feeling stuck, the first thing you got to do is, is shake things up and it can be spontaneous and it could be as simple as, you know, what my mom used to do when I was younger. She'd straight up tell me, look at the ceiling and force yourself to laugh. Like, what do you, you know, look at the ceiling and like go, ha ha, like, and actually start to force myself to laugh. And that's, you know, a couple of those down the line, you start to laugh and your whole energy and your internal starts to change. So anything to just like shake up your You system. have to be greater than, than how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, by getting yourself to laugh or get yourself to go on a walk or yeah. get yourself to put pen to paper. Yeah. Yeah. You have to overcome yourself. Yeah. I think that's the theme of this, this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And for our last question, you talk about introducing new things in your life to constantly evolve or be better. Can it be something small? What have you done most recently? So recently I joined a Pilates studio and they have aerial swings and um, like you hang from the ceiling and you do different flips and all of these things. And normally, and I used to just really work out for my body and my mind, but like with a goal in mind of like, this is what I do because I really like how it makes my body look and how I feel and all of these things. And so swinging around and doing flips is not really how I would think of spending an hour. Um, but I decided to start just going and doing it and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. And I think it just goes to show that you can get outside of your comfort zone and try something new and incorporate something into your routine that you wouldn't normally do. And it's not like my hour walk in the morning Mm -hmm. or my precise movement. It's learning how to do flips and just letting it be a little bit more free. I've just also found how much I want to grow that movement and get better at it. And you love it so much. I love it so much. And (laughs) I never would have thought to ever look up that kind of movement or go to that kind of class and to constantly try to evolve and be better and do better. You also have to just let life kind of take you, show you, try things, have fun and have do things that are just lighthearted and see Mm -hmm. where it takes you. Yeah. We just ordered tennis rackets and a basketball and we're going to be out there with the sports. I grew up super, super athletic and I played every single sport and I've 
not that I've lost that over the years, but that's just kind of transitioned into yoga or, or going to the gym. And we live in LA and it's so beautiful outside. And so, yeah, we're going to start something new. We're going to be outdoors and play tennis or pickleball or even just shoot some hoops. And that'll bring me and my siblings together, even my dad back to the courts. He used to be so good and he's excited also. So that's something new and fun. I think it's important to do that once in a while. Yeah, and to end this episode on a lighthearted note saying, you know, do all these things, overcome yourself, create good habits, all these things that we talked about. Just be lighthearted, have some fun, give yourself grace. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you connect with us on Instagram at Kenzie Burke and at Sabelle Levy. And be sure to follow the podcast at The Cusp Podcast 1P. It's home to inspiring quotes, many more conversations, and our community icebreaker challenges. These all have very fun incentives if you take part. Everything is linked in the show notes. We are so grateful you are here. Stay tuned for an exciting next episode. Bye for now.